Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. Either you've been in church your whole life, you've been in it for a, a certain period of time, and uh, uh, I know that as we dive into this focus and this subject tonight, it will be um, more of, you've probably heard me talking about, I really sense and know and feel that, that we are uh, in a, I feel God is preparing us for a great harvest in the region. I feel like it's, I, I feel it in my bones, and typically they say, I heard this a preacher years and years ago say that. When God gets ready to, to do something, he'll deal with the, the, the leadership first. He'll deal with the pastor first and leaders in the house. And they'll be, you can just feel a rumbling take place. And sometimes it'll take a period of time, but you've got to cast that vision before your people and let them know. And, and I know that we're every, you know, the, Jesus said that the harvest is it's here. We know that. Um, but I, I have really, more, more over the past month and a half, I've really leaned heavily into my, my praying about the harvest, praying, God, that you would give us a burden for the lost, uh, and been praying, and, and some days it ranges from 60 miles to 50 miles to 55 miles. Uh, today it was 55. I don't know why, but I'm praying for a harvest in a 55-mile radius. Uh, Pastor Derek had mentioned on our, on our Sunday night prayer, he said, Lord, swing the sickle over this region. And it just hit me. And I said, what we need. God, swing the sickle. I bet there's angels of harvest because it's listed in Scripture. So I've been praying. I can't command angels. I don't believe that. I don't think there's a theology that supports that. But we can pray the Father to send them. Um, that's what Jesus said. He said he could have prayed to the Father and he would have released. And if, if he, Jesus couldn't do it in the moment, then I don't think that we are because he was human in the moment. Um, but I, I, I want to... Um, I want to really hone in on this focus tonight and really talk, because most of the time we come in on a Wednesday night, I'm preaching to you, it may be more of an emphasis of how do I help, how do I help you to walk through something or to come out, I hope that's what I'm doing anyway, um, but to help you take a next step in the spiritual, uh, whatever it may be, but tonight I'm going to hone in and focus on the church at large so that we lift our eyes from this to the, to the fields, uh, because I believe that, that we, are, we are definitely, I know that every day is harvest in the kingdom of God, but I just think sometimes there's a little bit something on the seasons that we're walking through for the lost to be saved. Uh, it's, it becomes easier in moments, and I don't think this is just something that's going to be a one-time thing where it's people come into the kingdom, they get saved, because I don't want to just, I want to see people get saved, but I also want to see those that have just casually attended and they're lukewarm, I want to see them catch fire again because we want to see you renewed and revived. You know, I say it often, but revival is Jesus. You look at Jesus, he is the epitome of revival because everywhere he went, things came to life. That's revival. And so when God sends revival into a region, because I believe people say, well, it was happened in a church. Well, if it's truly revival, it transforms a region. 
Um, renewal happens in a church where people get renewed in their love for Jesus and their desire for the things of God. If you don't have a desire for the spiritual things of God, you need to check your spiritual appetite because that's not good. You've got to crave the spiritual things. And some days it's not easy. Again, we talk about this often. It's the discipline more than it is a delight. But you continue. You don't stop and you don't compromise. All right? You don't compromise with the systems and the strategies of the world. So we, we want to stay focused. But I want to talk to you tonight about the, the power of a focused church. The power of a focused church. Now, I'm going to give you four points tonight. And then next Wednesday night, Pastor Derek's going to bring a word. Then we've got a few things happening. And then I'll come back and give you four more on down the road. So anyway, we'll get there. But I, I really feel this is important to share with you. This, these things of what we have to make sure they're, they're quality characteristics that the church must be doing to see when the harvest comes in. All right, so uh, Acts 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Um, I'm sure you're already there, but look up on the side of the screens and let's just read this. It says, so then, this is after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So then, those who had received his word, um, this is the, the apostle Peter, were baptized. And that day, they were added about 3,000 souls. All right, next verse, go ahead. If you would, change it. There it is. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. It's really good. It's really important. And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Go to the next verse. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. There was a fear of God among the people. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. It didn't end with them. Okay? Signs, wonders, and miracles did not stop with the apostles. I don't know what you've been taught. But... You've come too late to say, no, it doesn't happen because there's a miracle setting right back there. There's miracles setting in this room right now of things that God has performed and done in the lives of people. I've seen it happen, all right, where the doctor said there was a mask there. You come back, there is no mask there. So we know he's still doing these things today. I want you to be, I, you need to know that. That's, that's an important thing. All right, next verse. Continue to roll if you would. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Wow, all right. And they begin to sell property and possessions and sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now, I want to stop there for just a moment because this is when we talk about, just a real quick tidbit because I'm talking about the church at large. Sometimes there, there's three different levels of giving. There is, uh, there is the, the tithing is not considered within the giving because tithing is an expectation. That, that's what God expects from you. It's from everybody. And the church doesn't need your money. Let me just, or God doesn't need your money. That's not what it's about. He is, it's, it's, it's for protection. And people get all knotted up. Like pastor preached this message this past Sunday on, on tithing. And, and it's, that, that's, you're not, you're not doing anything to me if you withhold your tithe. Let me just tell you that because you're not my source. Okay, I'm just saying as the pastor, I don't mean to be blunt, but I am transparent. Um, but, but that's the same with me. I, if I don't, there's covering on that, all right? But that's not what he's talking about. There's three different levels of giving. There's the committed giving where you just give and give above and beyond the tithe. And then there's these moments where you have sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving is what this is. They say, well, I'm just supposed to give everything I've got every time. No, you're not. There are seasons, especially within the church, that we will tell you, and it, we never ask you to do something that we don't do. We will pray, hear from the Lord, 
And then we will sow what God has spoken to us into whatever that sphere might be. That is sacrificial giving. We do that, like I said, in different seasons. So hope I didn't bind anybody's spirit, but I'm just letting you know. I believe in it. I'm, I'm just telling you. I've seen the rewards of what happens in this whole process. Um, and so they're, these, they're seeing all these things take place. And so this is the explosion and the birth of the church. So they're like, what do we need to do to see that the gospel spreads? And so this is kind of where we are. It says in, uh, go to the next verse if you would, verse 46. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. I am not going there. And breaking bread from house to house, they were, make, they were taking the meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. And last verse right here in verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. That, and people say, well, that was just the birth of the church, and that stuff just, uh, why would we think that there would not be a, any revival that has ever impacted regions? I mean, we could go back and look over the history of, of what happened in Missouri, what happened in Azusa Street, what happened in Dallas, Texas back in the early 1900s, or what happened in Toronto in the 90s, and then what happened at Brownsville. And all of these movements, there were mass salvations, mass breakouts of healings and, 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 and Holy Spirit. There was just this, people were revived. I mean, for, for instance, Heidi Baker, for anyone that's ever heard of her, uh, you'll listen to her and you'll be like, that woman's crazy. No, 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 She's, she got a hold of something. Uh, she was a burned out missionary that went to Toronto, was done. Absolutely done. Someone gave her an invitation. She had an encounter with the Lord, and she was out in her hotel room for two days. I believe that's what it was. Went back to Mozambique, revived by the Spirit of the Lord, and began to open up a home and adopted all of these children in Mozambique, and signs, wonders, and miracles have broken out, and she's still seeing. She's, she's got more churches in Mozambique and in that area than, than most people will have in America. I mean, it's just they're seeing things move. Why? Because it happened in a moment where she encountered the presence of God and got revived. She was done, all that, but, and, and that's what God wants to do. But what happens when the move of God comes to a church and the church begins to get unified? It doesn't mean that we look the same, talk the same, act the same. We're diverse in, in, in all of these areas, but we unify ourselves under the banner of Jesus, right? And so that's what God's looking for right now. That's a focused church. I don't want to be a, a, a I know I don't want to be a driven church because I don't want to drive anything in that regard. I'd rather be focused on what God's doing. So we want to be a, a focused church, focused on the plan of God, looking aware, step, stepping back, praying into moments, ready for the moving of the Spirit of God. But so now I want to take you to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, this has happened in so many different ways, uh, different prophetic words that I have received, people that would give me a word of encouragement, not even in the house, but outside of the church. Um, and so this is something that uh, I've, I've really felt to lean into even more as I've prayed. But enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains of your dwellings, don't spare Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. I have been feeling, and this was something back in 2021. This is a verse that hit me. I'd prayed off and on. But more than ever right now, this is a verse that has really begun to speak to me. And I believe what the Lord is saying is it's time to hone in. It's time to focus. 
It's time to enlarge. What is that, what is that speaking to? God is saying he's had to get the right pieces in the right places as people come into the house of God to get ready and uh, plugging in, being a part of it. Why? Because he's looking to expand the reach of our border, expand the authority that God's given us as a church to function in, in this region. For what purpose? So that people can encounter the presence of God. We want people, we're not the only church in the region. Right? We know that. We're not the only, I'm not the only pastor in the region. There's other pastors in this region. But I, I'm not going to hone in and focus on... I, don't, I have never pulled on anybody else. Won't start now. I've never pulled on staff members to come here. Won't start now. What I will tell you is that if someone feels called to come, then they're going to be here. But I'm focused on the plan that God's got for us. And if the Lord is saying, AJ, I'm getting ready to enlarge your, your reaches. I'm about to expand the authority in which that you guys have as a community, as a, as a church. Then guess what? Then I need to do something about it. I don't want to think, well, that was a good thought. No, it's coming from the Spirit of the Lord. It's been confirmed to two to three witnesses. So I'm going to lean into the moment and say, go ahead, God. All right. Oh, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territory, that your hand would be upon us, that we wouldn't cause pain. I'm telling you, I, I believe it's coming. I believe that great favor and influence is coming on the house. And I, for one, am going to be an excellent steward for what God gives. And I encourage you to start praying, God, make me an extraordinary steward of the things of the Lord. Teach me how to steward well what you've entrusted to me. And people say, well, God doesn't really trust me. Are you saved? Because he's entrusted one of the most precious things to you. Not things, but precious persons, and that's Holy Spirit. So you're trusted already, all right? I love this. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. What does that mean? Break the mindset of poverty. We're not going to spare when it comes to whatever we need to do to reach this region. I'm not saying we're going to reach the world. I love, that'll happen, but, but whatever, by through the, the, the capital C church, but... What has God called us to specifically do? That's what we need to know. So we've got to focus. I love what the Amplified says. It says, uh, enlarge the sight of your tent or to make room for more children. Man, that's good. You know, we have a father. And so he's saying, you've got to expand your reach. If you're constantly focused on us four and no more, you got a problem. We can't do that. I'm not taking shots at the pastor across the road. I'm not going to say that. I'm, I, you come to me and say, what do you think about so-and-so? I don't. I'm not. I see I've got too much working right here, <laughs> too much stuff happening right here to even focus on those things. So what, do, what is my focus, God? What do you call me to do? That's what I'm looking at. But it says to stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs. I love this. Your stakes Firm in the ground. I'm going to talk on this in just a moment. And the Pentecostal charismatic in me struggles with this a little bit. But I'm learning that God has order, he has structure, and he has form. All right, I'll move on. So there are, in Scripture, there's listed the universal church. That's what Jesus says in the Scripture. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I'm going to, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. That's the capital C church. That's the universal church. Then we narrow it down to where we have the church in the book of Acts. We have the church at Antioch. We have the church in Jerusalem. We have the church. Uh, there's all of these churches. They're local houses of worship that are spread out. People say, well, I, now, wait a second, Pastor AJ. There's a lot of house churches. 
Do you understand where house churches birth from? I'm not, saying, I'm not throwing stones because I think some are legit. Some are not when they have a proper covering over them. I'm not digging into that because people don't like to hear that, and that's okay. But I'm just telling you, if it doesn't fit a five-fold ministry model, it's, against, it's out of order. Because Jesus came to give what to the church? Gifts to the church. Ephesians chapter 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why do we have those? That is, that is kingdom order. Now, some abuse it. It happens. But that is kingdom order. What, when, when we have all of these myriad of churches and Paul is going from one to the other, that are local houses of worship. Some were outlawed. So that's why they met from house to house. We're going to have church at your house this week because they're coming. We're going to have church at this house. But Paul would show up in regions and connect with all of these different ones where Christianity wasn't being outlawed, okay? So that's why you had a breakout of, of all of these different ones. But they were all focused. They had a focus. I love Timothy. Timothy was a pastor uh, uh, of a church. And, and, and as he pastored in those, uh, that specific, he was a young pastor and so Paul would pour into him. He was a spiritual son. It's really great stuff. So when you read First and Second Timothy, read it from the perspective as he's a spiritual son of Paul. So you see the two different types of churches. But how does God intend to build his church? If we're going to be a focused church, then we need to understand what his intentions are. We don't build it from our own strength because the Bible says that he who labors, labors in vain if God doesn't build the house, right? So it has to be 100% him. Healthy things grow. And it starts with individuals, listen to me, individuals that gather as a tribe with a unified focus. You're a tribe. We're bigger than a family. We're a tribe. All right? So every week, Wednesday, Sunday, special events, when we gather in this house, and it's important that you are here, right? It's one thing that we've been trying to establish and connect because God might have a word for you that day. And people say, well, I don't understand why my life's in a mess. Well, we preached on this specific subject three weeks ago. If you'd have been here, it'd have been a word for you in a moment. I'm just saying, I have noticed that things that pastor has preached and what we have preached, we, we want to make sure that we're hearing from God so that we can relay messages to you that bring you out of the ditch. My ox gets stuck, stuck in the ditch all the time. So I need a word. God, you want to speak to me? And all of a sudden, somebody will come through and give me a word, pray over me, say something to me that's like, oh, okay, makes sense. All right. So you have to be connected. There has to be a connection in the house. So healthy things grow. God expects you to grow. If spiritually you're not developing and growing, then something's off. I say this and I don't like, with my children. If my children stop growing, we've got a problem physically. So I have to make sure and get them to get a checkup get them so that we can make sure they get back to growing, eating well again. So what is your spiritual diet? Okay. These eight qualities that I'm going to talk about tonight, it's, I'm not trying to, I'm not selling you a gimmick. Uh, I'm not, these are things that I have studied and read, um, just been reading in certain things. These, uh, some of the things that I'm going to talk about tonight have been, um, they've been surveyed over a, a thousand churches. I think it's actually over a thousand, but I'm just going to stay under it to make sure. It's been surveyed over a thousand churches of people that have attended, and it's all different walks of churches. It's from the ones that are wide open and don't care anything about whatever, and it's the ones that are so structured you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. So it's, it's the myriad and the, and the stretch of these. But in all of these, the ones that have been healthy and stayed focused moving forward, they have possessed these eight qualities. So I want to talk about that tonight, and I know I want you to lean into it because, listen, Savannah Campus, I need you. Hear what I'm saying. My wife and I, we need you. I am not going to do this by myself. 
I've done that before, and I'm done with that. But what it takes, because it's, it's not, well, only the pastor can do this. No. We are a part of a house where everyone has to take their hand and put it to the plow. That's right. yes, sir. Not just me. I am not God's man of power for the hour. You may think I am, but I am not. I believe that God has called me to equip you. And I want to equip you so that you can do the works of ministry. I'm not going to do ministry for you, but I will do it with you. Right? right? And I need you. I know that the adult and teen chat, you guys are here. We need you as well. Whatever house you guys, when you plug into, whatever it may be, you find a local house because you'll become a blessing to it. I promise. But we have to become a church that is focused. We can't sit back. We can't enjoy another message, another worship. We gotta, we gotta plug and engage. This is not about trying to get you to serve in the house. I'm trying to, I want you to find your calling. What is your calling? So I don't think you can find that apart from the word of God, from being with the people of God, because you may get a word in this house. I am declaring we are becoming a house that's gonna prophesy more. That you can find the gold and the people in the house and where they step into their calling. What is that, God? What have you got for them? So here, I wanna talk about Four of the, these tonight. The first one is this, is that one of the, the, the first quality, and it's, they're not in any specific order, but one of the qualities that these churches that grow and continue to grow and become more healthy, the first thing is that they have empowering leadership. They're empowering leadership. Now, let me explain something for just a moment because a lot of people think that they're called to lead. You may not be called to lead yet because there's a process of development that needs to take place. You have to make sure that your first off is that, hey, can I submit myself to the vision of the house that's here? Because the problem is, is you have a lot of people that ask for forgiveness later and not for permission now. They do. Uh, and so, well, I'm just going to do it. Well, but what's the, what's the system that's set up? Well, I don't believe in systems. I'll get to you in a minute. But there, there's a process that we have. Can I yield myself and submit to the vision of this house and what, where I'm called to be? And if that's, the, if that's the first step, and you can respect and honor those around you, those above you, and those under you. I don't say under you in the sense, but you understand as leaders, you have those above you, those around you, those under you, and you're, you're called to minister to all. As a leader, you, you, you walk in humility and you're humble. But for me... As I begin to look over the house and look for leaders in the house, and it's not just trying to develop some CEO mindset. And no, it's, God, who are you putting your hand on? Because they, most of the ones that I have pulled into positions uh, and different times to lead and whatever it may be, a lot of them say, I don't feel like I'm qualified for this. And I'm like, you may not be. You may not feel like you are, but that's what's going to qualify you to step into a, a, a new place to learn some things and watch them expand, flourish, and grow. Because most leaders that are effective are very humble. They don't even know it. They're just doing it. And then all of a sudden, God says, that's the one. Boom, you put your hand on them. You empower them. You walk with them. You develop them in the process. Uh, and all of a sudden, God begins to elevate and raise up and release them. Uh, and so we have to have empowering leadership. We talk, I talk to the staff all the time. You've got to constantly be looking for those that possess qualities to begin to lead and grow. Some of you have put the pause button on leading and said, I, I, I'm just, I've got too much going on. But is that what God said or is that you? Because sometimes God says you need to, put the, you need to push the pause button. And it's okay to step back and sit and relax and, 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 and be ministered to. But you don't remain there. 
if you're still healing after 45 years or 50 years, we're kind of way on down the road. We need, to, we need to get back into this thing because you're going to touch people that I can't. Everybody in this room, understand that. So you have to, empowering leadership, we want to do that. We want to empower you to do it. But there has to be, again, integrity, character. There has to be honesty. Who are you behind closed doors? Um, do you have a prayer life? Do you seek the heart of God? Do you only show up when you're serving? Those are the types of things that we want to hold our people's feet to the fire because we believe in this house. I believe in it. I believe it, it, the way God flows in this house, the, the ministry, the headship that's over me, uh, I, I'm, 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 very, I'm, I'm sold to it. I believe in it. I know this is where God's placed me. We, we, we look for those, again, that God is highlighting, putting his hand on. We want to raise them up, equip them, and release them. Um, and for some of you in your, in your businesses, you're like, well, I can't get no help. Well, are you, can, can, can people approach you? Can, can they come to you and have a conversation with you? Um, are you a leader that is approachable? Because if you're not, you now people say, what does this get to do with the price of the eggs in China? What are you talking about? But, but because if we're going to see God's, when the harvest comes in greater measure, when they come in, we've got to have people in place, systems and, and, and structure in the bright place so that we can have people properly step into their identities in Jesus, their callings to serve and become a part of something much bigger than they are, all right? So can people approach you? Do they feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you? And you think about that. And that's just not for leaders. That's for anybody. Nobody should ever have to walk on eggshells around you. I know we have our bad days and our bad moments, but we have to become a non-anxious presence to our family. I asked the staff this past week, and I, I listen, I listened to them. I said, tell me, am I, a, am I an anxious presence around you guys? Because my goal is to become a non-anxious presence. And there's time to say, yeah, at times you are. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a one-track-minded person. I can't do multiple things. So when I walk in my, my Sunday morning, I want to focus on the presence of God and people. And if I see things out of place, my mind starts going, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's not that. Get over here and start messing with it. The pure is down again. Throw that thing out. I'm done with it. You know, anyway. But it's, I, I, I have to have, it has to go. So, but I have to empower those to take care of those things. But I don't want to be an anxious presence to the people around me either. I want to make sure that they can approach me and talk to me. Um, anyway, all right. So that's number one. Number two is this. And we believe in this in every church throughout churches. Why, the church of Corinth had it especially. Uh, and number two is gift-oriented ministry. Gift-oriented ministry. That's why we have a spiritual uh, giftings test. People come in and say, well, I can just... You know, the churches that don't do this, it's no shots towards them, but this is something that's tracked for the past 60 years, people, all right? I'm just saying since it's been surveyed, it's something that's happened since the beginning uh, uh, of whenever the church was birthed because Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he tells them the spiritual gifts. The church at Rome, Paul writes to him and says, hey, here's the gifts that comes from the Father. You have administration, mercy, helps, uh, hospitality, uh, uh, teaching. And so there's gifts that God gives to everybody in this room has a spiritual gift, every one of you. So when we do next steps, while we do that 72 question thing is so that Colin Keenan knows that. So it's, we can figure out what, where is your strength? Because you might have a Steve Hudson that whatever he touches, he can fix. And I mean, that, that's where he, that's his wheelhouse. I mean, if Steve, can't, I say this, if Steve and Larry can't fix it, nobody can fix it. 
I don't even think you can send it back to the, the, the manufacturer and have them fix it. If he can't get it, they can't find it, it can't be found. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I, I, I tell it, just a side note. I, I, this one time I was looking for something. I called Steve one time. I said, hey, I'm need, I think we're out <sighs> messing with the church, son, back in the day. I, didn't, I thought I was done with masonry, and I just had a bad flashback <laughs> of toting mortar around a muddy foundation and sweating bullets. But I did that again out there. And I called Steve and I said, man, I think we're going to need a generator. He said, I don't, I, I'm going for what it was exactly. It might have been a hammer drill, regardless. I called Steve and said, man, I'll tell you what, I'll have it to you shortly. He said, I ain't got one, but I'll find it. And it's just somebody like, they're, they're ready. What do you need me to do? This is my gift. I may not be able to stand on the stage, sing, preach, do this, but my gift is to work with my hands. Guess what? That's the kokomo wisdom. That's what that word is, the skillfulness of hands. Anyway. But we have to have every facet in the house. And the miracle's always in the house. The gift's always in the house. But people just have to say, hey, I've got this. What can you do with it? One more. And it's one of my favorites, Miss Joyce Bean. Her gift is she can cook like nobody's business. Um, maybe I shouldn't have told that. The next one, y'all be looking for her, whatever. But it's that, that there's just different gifts that we all have. Some of you have, you're very creative. You can work and you can see things and design things that I can't, I can't design myself out of a wet paper sack. So it's like with the staff, I'm like, figure it out, guys. I can't get this. So, but there are spiritual gifts that God has given. There's the, the, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and those are faith gifts. Those are gifts that you have to exercise faith to function in. And you may have those things, and you need to function in those in the church. That We, we need those. They're, they're needed. We're not ever going to become so big that we can't use anyone, or anyone cannot step in and, and, and use their giftings. We're always going to need it. I don't care what it is. Some of you are gifted in intercession. We need that more now. I need it. If you're not praying for anybody else, I'll raise my hand. You just pray for me, because we both need it. Especially as God has given me this push for what he's showing me. Devil never gives up any ground without a fight. So we need every gift on deck. Um, the giftings that we receive, though, understand this, are determined by God, not you or I. You don't choose, well, I would love to do this. Well, maybe you would love to do that, but you can't do that. So what can you do? What is it that God will have a passion for? Um, when believers serve in their areas of giftedness, we generally, when it's in our own strength, we generally uh, function less in our own strength. So we need to, the, the focus and what we need to look at is it's to function more in the areas that God has gifted us with. It's not us that, I mean, it is us, but it's more, it's the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives that, that, um, he receives glory from it. Let me, let me say it this way. Um, I, w I was thinking here a while back about specific giftings because uh, here about three years ago, God was really dealing with me about the fivefold ministry. And one of those I just really felt like I was leaning more towards and I didn't fully understand. It's like maybe this is what God's saying. Well, in that moment, I realized that's not what I am. That I, I, I can see that now. So, But there have been people that, wanted to do something so bad that they have literally, I heard a testimony of this, they literally killed themselves trying to become a prophet and they weren't a prophet. They wanted to be that. They prophesied, but they weren't a prophet. So you have to be okay with what God's blessed you with and what he's called you to do. Um, we believe here in this house in the priesthood of all believers. 
So what does that mean? That means every one of us can hear from God. If, any, if you have ever been to a church and the pastor says, well, let me just pray and hear what God's got to say for you. Okay, you can pray and hear what God's got to say, but I know I can pray too, and I can hear. I believe in the priesthood of every believer. I believe that you can go before God and have a conversation with him and him speak to you just like he can speak to me. We're all gifted to step into that. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, the blood of Jesus covered all of us. Uh, so anyway, number three. The number three is this, uh, is passionate spirituality. Passionate spirituality. And what do I mean by that? It's that people that are, they're going after God. It may look different. Because some of us are, are extroverts, some of us are introverts. The way that you worship may be different. Um, I am an extrovert, and I think that everybody should worship the way that I worship. <laughs> so I push too much at times. But not everybody is that way. For you, you may not stretch your hands high towards ceiling, but you may just, right here is where you're at, and you're good with that. Or maybe when you pray, I believe that every believer should audibly pray. I don't believe that we should ever be quiet and silent. And they call it, well, it's your, it's your quiet place. My prayer time is not quiet. I, I, I pray and listen. I pray and listen. Sometimes I just pray in Holy Spirit the whole time. I'm praying in tongues the whole time. Um, because God is downloading revelatory things into my spirit to prepare for me uh, for the future. But there is a passionate spirituality in churches that are focused and that are expanding and growing. Um, a question that, that I have at times when I walk into different churches and even to our own is, um, man, are our believers on fire? Do they really have a passion and a desire to be in the house of God? Do they want to get... Let me say something. People say, well, does it really matter if I come and gather in the house? Let me, ref let, me let you know something. I believe... Do you believe that God's with you wherever you go? Okay. Well, then Jesus says, where two or three gather, I'm there. So, now this is just me. You may look at this and say, man, that ain't, that's just, I think that when I'm by myself, I can connect to the heart of God always. He's always with me. He's never left me. I become aware, cultivate those things. I believe that when two to three gather in the name of the Lord Jesus, to a place they've been called to become, I believe there is a greater awareness in the house. I believe that God does things corporately uh, that he doesn't do privately with one-on-one. Why? Because he's going to do something in a room like this because when I say a room like this or two to three, because there's going to be, I, I think individually at times our, our focus and our emphasis comes about ourselves. but what, think about it for just a moment. If I look across the room and I see somebody on this side that is just going through the roughest place in the world, and you know it, and they're lifting their hands, they're pressing into the, the power of God, or they come to an altar call, or maybe the word hits them just right, and they're weeping during the word, whatever it may be, um, and all of a sudden, I have just seen, man, I didn't feel anything, but I look over here, and I'm seeing them, and so now my mind flips, and I become aware that God's in the room. So there's those moments, and then I believe, this is me, I believe there's just a greater measure of the presence of God in a corporate setting. I believe that when the people of God gather with the focus of God, and people say, well, that's just me and Jesus at home. He didn't design it that way. I'm sorry, but he didn't. He designed us to be together. 
He designed us. I mean, there's a scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's something important about gathering in the house with the people of God. And as we come together and we worship together, there's something powerful that happens. Here's my question. Are you on fire? I mean, do you have a desire for the things of God? Are you on fire for God? Do you live a committed life and practice your faith with joy and enthusiasm? Or is it just normal? That's just, this is it. This is all I got. Because maybe it lacks encounter. You lack the encounter of the presence of God. Um, here's a fact. Churches that lean towards legalism or there is a list of, now we all have our things that we believe scripture says, but when it leans into the legalism, like, well, you just, if you don't do this, 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 and this, and this, and meet all of these requirements, you can't be a believer. And then also you're not going to make it to heaven. So you, you need to complete A through E and then get back with me. Right? I'm not talking about the essentials of salvation. I'm talking about the outward things that would, that would really, uh, that speaks to certain things. But whenever the churches lean towards legalism or, or what it means uh, to being a Christian, you have to do these things, spiritual passion is always usually below average. But the, in these churches where they surveyed those, it's below average. Um, the nature of passionate spirituality in your life and in the life of a church to move forward that's focused on the things that God's doing um, becomes evident by personally examining, hear this, personally examine your prayer life. Is prayer a priority in your home? Is worship a priority in your home? Um, Is personal Bible study and use an important factor in your house? This is a focus of churches that are moving forward. Passion uh, alone, though, is no longer, it's, or excuse me, passion is, is alone is no reflection of your loyalty to the truth of God. And just because you can pray loud, sing loud, dance, whatever it may be, doesn't mean uh, that, that you truly have this high bar of spiritual, spirituality or whatever, because I believe that that's you in the heart. All right, here's my last thing, and I'm done. AJ, if you would come. Uh, I want to talk just for a moment. I understand that a lot of what I'm, I'm talking about tonight has been different, but I want you to understand God wants us to grow, okay? That growth can come in different ways, and we know that. We've seen it numerically. Um, obviously, spiritually, are you spiritually growing? Do you, are you truly a disciple of Jesus? Do you, do you follow Jesus, is there anything in your life that if someone comes to you and they, they look at you, is, does it, I mean, what's your substance? What's evidence that you are a believer? And I, I think that we all have to examine that. But for us as a church, and we're going to grow and we're going to expand. I believe that God is speaking to us in this season like, hey, they're, you know, I'm going to send them in. Lives are going to be transformed. We want that to happen. But I don't want us to be sitting on the edge or not be aware of, of the moving of the Spirit of God. I want us to be ready. The last thing, and we believe in this, and this is what's going to mess with some, especially with me coming out of the background I did, is to have effective structures. Now, structures may be a cuss word to some of you. I don't need a structure. But if we understand anything about creation, the earth was without form. <laughs> it was formless. It had no structure. It was chaotic. And then the Lord speaks and says, let there be. Guess what? Structure came. 
things begin to come into, uh, come into view. Um, things were created. I'm not talking about legalistic man structures that bind people in boxes, okay? Our minds naturally go towards the worst of all. But you've heard us say often that here in our house, we focus on Sundays, Wednesdays, kids, and youth. And there's a lot of things that happen within those. And so those are kind of an emphasis and a focus. But for an example, for a structure that we have, we have what we call next steps. And next steps is, it's for membership. So that when people come to our church, we want them to know what they're joining themselves to. And you can track our next steps. Everything has scripture tied to it. We're not trying to teach you, well, this is what the, the we're not a denomination, but this is what this denomination believes. We're not that. We're going to give you what we feel personally, why it's called love and truth. We want to give you scripture and tell you to go read it for yourself. A lot of questions we get about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. We don't know how to make it more plain. Go read the scripture. We're going to give it to you. We're going to talk to you. We're going to walk with you through it. But it's an experience that's for everybody. That's what Peter said. The promise is unto you and your children and to those who are far off. As many as our Lord our God shall call. And he's still calling people. But we have an effective structure for that. Why? Because we don't want just anyone coming into the house without knowing what they're joining themselves to. I mean, that's anything you do. When you go work at a job, do you want to know what the product is? that you're making, you might be going and making devil horns for Satan and you don't even know it, right? You want to know what you're joining yourself to. That's my point. But that next step is a, it's a structure. Why? Because we want to properly know who you are so that we can better help you become more effective for the kingdom of God. That's just one. Structures are necessary. The live groups, freedom groups that we're about to roll out. Man, some great stuff that's coming. Um, the charismatic Pentecostal in me, back in the day, used to be very skeptical of the structure. Well, you're just binding the spirit. Well, let me say something about, about quenching the spirit. Because I've heard a lot of people from over the years, me and Pastor Philip had lots of conversations and uh, just talking, having conversation. And I, here's my question. And it hit me one day, and it came out of prayer. So I don't know if it was just a, me or if the Lord said it himself. But I was thinking, God, I, I pray. I know that our vision for Sunday morning is different for so many people. If they come out of a, a background that is not exposed to things that we experience, they may feel it's uncomfortable for them. The worshiping, the lifting of hands, the loud music, all those things. We believe in those things, the altar calls. And then on the other side, because I've been, I, I am a Pentecostal, you, you come out of that focus of where it's, no holes barred, Katie bar the door, and <laughs> let her ride. And I'm open for that right now if you want to, no, not really. Wait, let me finish. Um, but I was praying about that specifically, God help us. And, and the Lord really began to download to me. First off, I heard it come out of another preacher's mouth. I was listening to a podcast. And this, and, and this is what God dealt with my heart. AJ, I want you to be balanced between spirit and word. And the next thing is this. Anyone that says you are quenching the spirit needs to ask themselves, have they grieved my spirit? So I stopped. And I thought to myself, man, because I mean, that's what it taught. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. How do we grieve him? But what we think, 
by what we say, and by what we do. So you can quench him by grieving him. Let me just hand that. So our goal is, God, what have you designed this house? The vision, changing lives to change our world. What have you designed us to have effective structures and strategies, not from a man's hand, heart, or mouth, but from the heart of God? And I believe 100%. I've got a bishop. I've got a pastor that prays to hear the voice of the Lord to know how to move this thing forward so the next generation can see a move of God in theirs. It looks different according to every region. So God specifically... What is this church supposed to be? It's powerful when we focus. So for us, we understand that we have, to we have to develop these structures that come from the presence of God because this is what, you, this is what I understand and I'm done. Structures, principles, strategies, blueprints, whatever it may be, if they're not born in the presence of God, they have no long-lasting effect, and they produce nothing but dead, dry, dumb, nasty religion. Religion, it can be pure and undefiled, as the scripture says. But if it has a form, but it has no power, then we don't need it, and we'll kill it. So don't bring, don't bring monkeys to, to my office and say, Pastor, let's do this. And then, run. no, 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 we're going to focus. Let's see what God's going to do. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that if we will stay focused in this season, I just gave you four that have been, it, it's, it's timeless. These things are timeless. Four things that we are focusing on, we are honing in on as a staff to pray because we understand. Are you with me tonight? I don't want you to stand to your feet. I don't want you falling asleep. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit more passionate than I should be. I may be on a, on a church growth message. I believe. Listen to me, even, even adult and teen challenge, listen to me. I believe that if we will put our hands to the plate, that we need everybody. Point your finger to your chest. I know we laugh about this, but I want you to be as serious as you can. Close your eyes, it helps. Point your finger to yourself and say, Pastor needs me. He's needing me right now. This house needs me. This region needs me. Whatever the gift I've got, whatever the talent Lord put in me, the ability, God's needing it right now because there's a harvest and the Lord Pastor Derek, I can see it. I see, I see the, the, the arm of Jesus, and I see it as a big sickle. He's, he's, he's rearing back, getting ready to swing it across the region. And they're going to come from every facet and every walk. I have been praying myself for this over the past two years. When the Lord said, you don't get a choice to, to, to choose who comes. You just call to love them. When they walk in, love them. When they walk in, love them. I don't care what they've been through. They might have been one that caused a lot of pain in somebody else's life. But they're in your house now so what are you going to do about it I'm going to love them God give me a supernatural love in my heart to see us focus and see this region know who Jesus is I mean it it's high time it's ready we're ready for something significant magnificent and greater than you it's bigger than you this vision is bigger than you it's bigger than me that's why we need all hands on deck that's why we need us all let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, even as I've just released this word, I feel like that it's, it's the word that you're calling us to. Lord, you are commanding us, Savannah, love and truth, stretch out your tent pegs. Stretch out your curtains. 
stretch out, lengthen the ropes. That means that you stretch them as far as they can go. The pegs are the structures and the strategies. Fasten them into the ground because there's a great harvest coming. We know that revival is in, its, is in seed form as of right now, I believe, and I just declare it's going to increase in the name of Jesus. There's a greater measure of the presence of God coming. There are more leaders coming into the house. There's more people in this room that is going to step into the fullness of who God's calling them to become and, 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 and take hold of the plow and not look back. I come against, right now, I feel this, I come against the spirit of apathy. That spirit of apathy, I command it to break over your life. If you've been in a dull, dry season trying to figure out what am I doing, where your prayer life has been dry, you can't read your scripture without falling asleep, in the name of Jesus, I command you to awaken tonight. Wake up. Wake up, sleeper. Wake up. I speak to your spirit tonight. Wake up. Wake up. We're not taking no for an answer. Wake up. Wake up. Lord, I pray for the spirit of awakening right now. Spirit of awakening. Spirit of awakening. Spirit of awakening. Power and awakening. Let the doers, those that are gifted with their hands, wake up. Let the prayers those that's gifted in intercession wake up let those that have been wounded and hurt by loving others the lovers let them wake up out of that place and begin to love again above all God give us the love of God in greater measure over this house I thank you for it I'm just declaring it's done I see it God I see it I see this house filled with three times over. Three times over. I'm going to say it again. I see this room filled with three times over. People that love Jesus, that love to worship, that love to connect, love to be in the house of God, love to be around the people of God. The presence doesn't rest on the building. It rests on the people. That's why we need passionate people that love you, Jesus. I'm just praying that you would increase it in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.